welcome back to In the Trenches podcast. It's me, Charlie. <laughs> In today's episode, Elliot, Gary, and Charlie are sitting down with the one and only Paul Reed. That's right, guys. We are back with another episode of In the Trenches, and uh, we are still in the UK recording this with the one and only Paul Reed. And uh, if you don't get Elliot's reference in our introduction, go back and listen to the episode with Joel, and uh, you will know right away what, what we're talking about. But Gary, Elliot, how you guys doing? Good. Great. Still good after the last episode? Yeah, a All lot's right. happened. A lot has happened. I figured out my microphone <laughs> can look like the Royal Guard, which is not a visual podcast, but... We'll take a picture of it. We'll, we'll, we'll post that it. That should be, yeah, the, the yeah, opening. That, that's the opening right there. Um, but yeah, we are here with the one and only Paul Reed. Paul's been on the podcast before. If you've been to our um, camps, at conventions too? Yes. Yes. And, uh, um, you would know who Paul Reed is. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you very much. I feel like I missed a private joke. <laughs> oh, That's what Joel Richards thinks that Charlie sounds like. He says pitched. I have a high-pitched voice. Oh. Because I asked him to do an American accent, and I said, do like a country one like Charlie. And he's like, hey, y'all, it's me. <laughs> sounds and like Poppy from Trolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is what Charlie sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> it's what Charlie looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you have a, do, can you do an American accent? No. Come on. Come on. Come no, on. I'm not a performing seal. <laughs> <laughs> so you're it saying might, Joel is? It might is? happen, like, naturally <laughs> yeah. in the show, yeah. but not on demand. Fair. We forced Joel to do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a wimp, so <laughs> he's going to just do as he's told. Yes, guys, whatever you want. <laughs> that was kind of that an American like, accent. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we we're still here in the uk we just got done with the culture summit or we didn't audacious did and uh it was great um really quick what what was your favorite part of the culture summit paul oh i think my favorite part of that conference is the same every year really which is just the way the church brings people together mm. from around the world and I've said this many times before, I have no right whatsoever to know you guys. Yeah. But somehow God orchestrates our lives so that we kind of know each other and not just know each other, but like you guys are some of my closest friends. So yeah. the fact that that happens and is happening at events like this is just there's nothing like the church that does that. I, yeah. I, I don't think. Um, and I'm always reminding my kids and my mates who are in ministry, especially when it's difficult, about how much, like how many benefits we have when we're in ministry. Because we're quick to say, you know, it's really tough or, you know, all the stuff that may be well known for, for being difficult. But like there's so many great things that you get. Mm. Like I'd, I shouldn't know you guys, but I do. And yeah. I, th I thank God for that. Well, in Culture Summit, it's cool because it's... Uh I, maybe just the location of the UK. There's a lot of the international church there, like Pastor Valeri mm -hmm. from the Ukraine. Yeah, legend. And just hearing his story and seeing him there, uh, it definitely makes me be like, oh, I probably shouldn't be right. <laughs> I shouldn't be here right Dude, now. I thought the same thing. That I shouldn't <laughs> be there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? 
<laughs> no, just like you hear about Pastor Valeri. Share his story. Yeah, so share a little knows. bit so they know like what he's doing. Okay, so he's a pastor in the Ukraine who we've been connected to for many years. Um, and I was literally just about to go there before the war. I was going to preach and... You know, we was excited about being there, and then all that happened. So our connection had been growing over the years, and um, it's in Kharkiv where he lives and where his church is, which is like right in the the center of where everything's kicked off. And there's, you know, it's been bombed. I don't know, four and a half thousand buildings have been bombed during the war, and um, lots of people left. He, him, and his wife made the decision that he would stay. They both stayed and their daughter stayed for, for a while, but then his wife and daughter actually came over to the UK and are now in our church. They live with some of our staff members, actually, and he's stayed and he comes over when he can, but he's stayed to basically build the church mm. and um, and help people that are in crisis, of, yeah. of which there are obviously hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Um, so his church has grown from 150 to you know uh, 1500 which you know is kind of like an impressive number if you think like oh you know if if your goal in church leadership is just more numbers yeah but what it represents for him which is why it's so special is just like hundreds and hundreds of people turning to god yeah in yeah. a crisis going I, I maybe i didn't believe in god before this or i had my issues with the church but now i literally don't care i need I need a savior and I need a, I, there's, there's, I have to believe there's something more than my current reality. Yeah. So, so yes, that's why he's, that's pastor. Yeah. Pastor Valeri. And so then for all our listeners they are like, yeah, then Elliot shouldn't have been there because you have him and then you got me going at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's a, the cool thing, there's a selling point for culture summit. There's a place for everybody. True story. (laughs) But I think it shows just kind of represents the the church and that it's so big. And I think American pastors, that's why it's so important that I wanted to get people over here is because I think American pastors, um, they see just that. Yeah. yeah, American pastors, and there's really such a bigger reality. And and to have true network, it's about having network with the church, not mm-hmm. our country. Yeah, That's that was great. that was one of the biggest things for me because this is my first time in the UK coming to the Culture Summit. It was to see the church at a global place, at a global standpoint, people from all across the world, and it was it truly is it's amazing. And I encourage anybody that is listening. Come out next year. It's going to be I, great. It was, it was eye-opening for Charlie that you yeah, guys got said, running this, water. This, and he's like, this is what we <laughs> escaped in 1776? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said this before, maybe in a previous episode, but, and I, I didn't mean it to be insulting then and now also. <laughs> I feel like it's good for Americans or a- a- anybody who's part of the world is so big that you, you know, I mean, people live and die in the same village. I don't mean that, but like the worldview in Europe is different because the nations are so many and so small comparatively. Yeah. So to come to a place where it would, like this is what Gary's saying, it would change your worldview to get out of America or, yeah. you know, one of these well, even You think of what's going on with the Ukraine. All we see is just like news yeah. articles and yeah. in, in you know, little snippets and it's creating narratives, but you meet Pastor Valeri and you're like, look, I don't know 
what's true, what isn't from what the news is saying, but I'm going to listen to this guy and hear his story. And I know that like he's being used by God. And that's, I mean, that's the church, right? That's, it opens your eyes up to all these things. Yeah. Um, I know we kind of just went on a little, not even a tangent. It was just good stuff to hear, but I do want to put this in your court really quick, Paul, because, um, the past, the last time we had you on the podcast, you were actually in Norco with us. So at my church, was it as redneck as you thought? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They got horse paths instead of sidewalks. They're called horse trails. Yeah. But okay. Okay. But you have somewhere to tie up your horse in yeah. church. You do. You have a hey, place. You can't, you can't <laughs> knock us, bro. For, what is like, this? Red Dead Redemption, bro? <laughs> Come on. And nowhere to park your car. Yeah, yeah. Just the horses. Yeah. <laughs> but you gave us two of probably the craziest youth ministry stories. And I, I don't know, we just want to know, do you have another even just ministry story to share with the people? I Not at that level. That's fine. I think I peaked with the, the killed sheep. a sheep, yeah, the sheep, stabbed a kid. If you did not hear those stories, just go back and listen to that episode with Paul. They're amazing. I did think this morning because I knew that I was coming on and that you might ask me, and I was trying to think, and so I'm not claiming this story is at that level. But if they, if if as you claim this is for youth pastors, mm-hmm. then I was thinking because both of those times is when I nearly got fired. And I was trying to think if there was any other times when I nearly got fired, and I thought of one. I thought of two, actually. <laughs> You've almost been fired a lot, bro. <laughs> but I thought about how... Um, so my first... One of the first trips that I planned after becoming the youth pastor was a trip, a tra- like a training um, trip. And it was on a 90-foot sailboat um, in the Mediterranean Ocean. Um, It was owned by a Christian, this like philanthropist who had this boat and he sort of had it as a training resource for church leaders. And it was like like an amazing trip, but cost thousands and thousands of pounds. But you get like a grant from this philanthropist to make it, you know, 50 quid or whatever something super cheap so we i talked our board into paying for this trip up front on the understanding that this grant would come in and pay for the trip yeah so we paid for the flights we paid for everything and then the week before we went the money like we got the email that the money wasn't coming in oh but it was so late in the day that it would have been considered like really wasteful for the church to lose the money and not do the trip. Yeah, yeah. So the board just paid for me and all my mates to just go on a massive yachting trip <laughs> around the Mediterranean <laughs> Ocean. Yeah. So that was good as I waved goodbye to the church that had just board. Paid, yeah. See you guys. Me and all my mates are going off on Genevieve for 10 days. Dude, that's like going to Hume Lake or something. Does that does that guy still exist? <laughs> the boat is still in the water, I think. I don't know if people are using it like they used to. Because probably I ruined it by <laughs> yeah. nearly bankrupting our <laughs> the church. church. It was epic, though. Like, like you get the boat, you get a, the captain, the cook, and a deck hand, yeah. who's the guy that, like, I don't know, just an extra pair of hands are on the ship. And every day you wake up, and the captain says, where do you want to go? And you you go, choose and what you just look at the map. I remember one day going, "What's that there? That dot on the map?" And he's like, 
don't know, let's go and find out. But it's like, it's not like a powerboat. Like you put this, it's like a pirate ship. Oh, you put the sails up? Massive. So you put the sails down, get out there, go to like, don't know what it is. It's an island. He goes, come on then, we'll go and have a, you dive off, swim ashore, build a fire. It's like, it is the trip of a lifetime. I'd been the youth pastor about 12 months. It cost the church about 40 grand. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. I was a church board. I just said, okay, you and your mates aren't going. We're going. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah, they probably should have done that. That's so that was the first wild. time I got, nearly got fired. That's Dang. great. There you go. You have, can have you guys that. ever almost gotten fired? Um, I worked for my dad, so no. <laughs> Can't fire me. <laughs> Come on. No, I've never gotten close. <laughs> Gary could fire you, though. True. He won't. Why don't we do it live on the podcast? Yeah, there should be if moments. Let's do it right now. Did you not listen to our last episode? Yeah, listen. Uh, I'll tell a crazy story. I don't think we've told the story of the last time we were here in the panel, like the infamous panel. Oh, I think gosh. that's a funny do it, one. Do Since it, we're do in the it. UK. Talk about getting fired. Yeah. Uh, so we were here last year. Uh, this was before Joel was the youth pastor, but he was on the youth team. Um, but they tell us that we're going to have a panel on their youth night. It was still on Sunday night, the 11 year olds to the 30 year olds. Um, and so we were there and they say, we're gonna have a panel. And it was me, Gary and Joey Leal, Joel's favorite person was, was FaceTimes all trip. the time. He's actually FaceTiming him right now. So we were um, <laughs> there and they're like, we're going to do it this way where we have like a serious question, a um, funny question, and then a pick and choose like this or that kind of question and they were like we're gonna have buckets the idea in theory on paper was great but the time frame for the um moment was shorter so like if that was what we were doing the whole night it probably would have worked pretty well but essentially it landed that we only got one question each right and uh so their young adult pastor was hosting it rafaro who's a great dude but oh, that's why this is a story about nearly getting fired. Yeah, because yeah, we exactly. should have fired Rafaro. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So we um, we're sitting up there, and they're like, "Okay, let's start with a serious one." Which, first of all, that was the first mistake. Don't don't start serious. So they pick a serious question, and they're like, looking at us on the panel, who should we ask? The, it was basically like, "What's the secret to youth ministry?" or something like that. Or how did you know you were called? Like a really easy layup. And they're looking at the panel. Gary's been a youth pastor for 30 years. I've been a youth pastor for seven years. Joey's been a youth pastor for... 10 minutes. Yeah, a month. And they say, <laughs> let's ask Joey this question. Smart. And Joey does what any of us would do. He, like, slam dunks the question. He takes, like, 10 minutes to answer it, which was more than half our time. Uh, <laughs> and I look over at Gary, and I'm like, we're not going to get to answer anything. And so then they go to me, and they pick the funny question. It was like, would you punch your mom for a million quid and i'm like yeah bro i'll punch your mom and your mom and your mom like so i try to like be funny with it they get to gary and rather than going back to a serious question they're like let's go over here and here's the question they ask gary who's prettier american girls or british girls <laughs> this is a man that's been been married for over 20 years and joey was single at that point i think maybe dating that would have been a perfect question for joey but they ask Gary that question. Not only do they not ask him about ministry, they ask him the weirdest question. This grown man in a room full of teenagers, who's prettier? And so then, like, yeah, bro, it was a, uh, it was a panel that will live in in infamy. Yikes! So what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> 
I said British girls drink a lot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But no, that was a it was it was weird, but Rafaro's a good guy and yeah, he I, is. He, he didn't make me nervous the other night when he was in charge of uh, the service. I was like, Oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best things about Rafaro is he is ready to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he he does make mistakes, as I guess we all do. <laughs> but he is out of everybody on my team, no offense to anyone that's in the room. Mm-hmm. Joel's well, in the room. Uh, Joel's in the room, but Joel makes less mistakes than Rafaro. <laughs> Rafaro <laughs> knows how to respond to, yeah. to you, leadership. Did you he ever is ask great. him about that? Yeah, did, of course did I this did. get brought up? Did we say? joke about it a lot, but like, did it actually get brought yeah, what up? What did he say to you? He just said, Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, so, I'm really sorry, basically. Which he generally, genuinely says. And normally it's like one and done. Like he won't make that mistake yeah, again. Yeah. We should probably set up a, a, a Q&A. I wish he would have doubled down when you corrected him. And he's like, no, man, I really wanted to know who Gary thought was hotter. (laughs) He's like, I need to know where I need to move to. I I stand on that decision. The thing is, he is also single and 25. So he's He's probably trying to find out. He said he was looking for a U.S. girl when I was talking to him. He probably was trying to find out where he should be to best get. He should come with you to convention. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I figured all girls look like the ones from, what is that show? Essex? The only way is Essex. Yes. Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to chat with a couple birds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, um, Paul, one thing that we want to do is uh, we... We know Jaden Barrett's answer to that question. Oh, we know Jaden's answer for sure. Anyways. What is his answer? Do you know? Can't say. All mm-hmm. right. Um, but... One thing that we want to do is one, obviously we ask the question of what your passions are in ministry, but you've answered that um, just a little bit ago in um, the last episode we did with you. So what we want to do is uh, you've been a youth pastor for a long time and now you're in a role where really you're kind of heading up multiple different ministries. You're, you're acting as the senior pastor. And one thing we want to ask you is, is this question of what makes a, a good youth pastor? Okay, so for me, my role is is campus pastor, which I guess means different things in different contexts. But like Zoe and I oversee three locations of our Manchester campus, the three locations. So you're you're lead pastors of those locations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially, yeah. So Audacious has how many campuses? So five campuses. Five. And the central, uh, the Manchester campus has three locations. Yeah. So it. it it feels like seven sometimes mm-hmm. because our Manchester locations are as big as our some of our other newer, smaller campuses. Yeah. So, yeah, to all intents and purposes, it would be like being a lead pastor, yeah. as you would call it. We call we call it senior pastor. But so, um, in looking, what would I look for in a youth pastor? I think probably the biggest thing is someone who has the same measure of significance, like what significance is. As what as the, as I do, um, which I think is quite unfair because I'm 46, and it's taken me to this age to try and figure out what really significance is. Like I've had 20, 30 years in ministry to have the wrong measure of what significance is, and then realize over time through mistakes, this is what being significant in inverted commas for the kingdom of God actually is. So it's, pr- it's probably mean. What do you? Th- I'll ask you. Do you think that is an unfair 
thing to look for based on that. I mean, your awareness of it being unfair, I think, helps. Okay. Like to be to be aware that they might not have as much, you know, experience to discover that. Uh huh. I think is important. But, but, uh, but I don't think it's necessarily what are you looking for in a youth pastor, but so much is what are you wanting from a youth pastor, um, because you're gonna you're gonna do that even with with Joel and and his predecessors. You are going to pour into them and coach them and teach them, yeah. um, just as much as you have uh, us and and you know my youth pastor Joey and um, you've given lots of great advice and it's the same way with me. I don't expect them to be me or where I'm at, yep. but, um, but it's not, that doesn't mean I'm not going to have expectations. So I, I now have figured out that being significant in the kingdom of God has got nothing to do with me and got everything to do with the people that I am, that God has, has put in my, you know, in my, um, circle of influence. So for a youth pastor to prioritize the platform, for example, over like discipleship of a young person, that's that's the wrong measure. Yeah. Which I guess we all, well, maybe we, we wouldn't, but y- you would think there would be a good chance that someone would say that and genuinely mean it, but the fight, like the struggle is real type thing in terms of, your measure of success because of social media and all the things that you guys talk about on this podcast a lot because it's so it, it's so um, it's such an epidemic yeah. of this generation. So I don't need to cover it that much, but um, I I think that uh, that that's just something that that we need to be really strong on. That you know the traps that people that we kind of set up to 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 capture a generation in terms of what's important and what's not. So I know that Joel loves young people and would prioritize them over his own fame, in inverted commas, or feelings of significance. And his measure is not how many people listen to him preach, how many invitations does he get to preach, his head is down in that sense. He's not. He's not looking up for like significance. Finds you when you're not looking for it. Yeah. Which you know is a message I preached at convention a few years ago. So, you know, success or promotion or all the stuff that we want is looking for you if you just look for God. Yeah. And what that looks like in a youth pastor, in my opinion, is looking for God in the young people. Mm. And that means a lot to me, not just as a pastor, but as a parent, because my kids, one of them is currently in youth, yeah. and my daughter will start going to youth at Easter, or could start going to youth at Easter. So I need to crazy. know that my youth pastor... can't believe Willow is about to be... That's in crazy, <laughs> bro. I know. She's had three of her birthdays in America. At summer camp. Yeah. So, and they would be five, five. seven, and ten. Yeah. So... I'm superbly confident, supremely confident, very, I'm trying to choose a word that sounds less nerdy. I'm really- Supercalifragilisticexpialidociously <laughs> confident. I, I'm that, that Joel, if it came down to a choice, and the thing is, God doesn't ask you to choose between one level of influence, like, mm-hmm. you know, from a platform or whatever, yeah. and, and one-to-one, but if he had to choose, I know what he'd choose. Yeah, I think- 
that like that's so good especially in the u.s circles because there is a big surge of seeking platforms and mm-hmm. seeking events and uh and it's just it's hard to navigate because it's okay to know your gifting right and what you're good at um but i think what you're talking about i like the way that you put that like as you seek god that type of stuff will find you and it is so true uh i remember when i was an intern for gary and just that whole year i'd present my problems in a way that made me i thought like made me look good you know like i just want to do so much for god and i had someone call me out and be like you just want to speak on stages and what if god is calling you to be a janitor at a high school and that's how you impact students lives and you never get credit for it are you okay with that and it it changed things for me you know and uh, and it's ironic because now i i get to speak on stages so it's not like god doesn't want you to do that thing that you might want to do but it's all about what are you seeking yeah and sort of you know a prayer that i pray all the time now getting the opportunity to do this is God, give me clean hands and a pure heart. I don't, mm. you know, yeah. I want That's to good. honor this, but like you're saying, it's about the individual, yeah. right? Like it's about, we talked about pastor Valeri, the numbers he's reaching are significant, but all 1,500 people are individuals in this war torn country yeah. that are being impacted by him. Right. Yeah. So I think, um, I just think that's so necessary what you're talking about right now. I just think if you, as, as youth pastors, if you want to be a good youth pastor, because if you're a good youth pastor, you're building up people behind you to mm-hmm. lead and to speak and to do things. And I know for me, and if, if I could teach young guys this, it would be, you know, be really good at, at building platforms instead of standing on them. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. And it's just important. Yeah, know. well, it's the whole Jonathan, David yep. sort of, idea of like all that Jonathan gave up that was rightfully his for his friend like I don't know I just think we especially in youth ministry it's the next generation and you see um students rising up and you could either be intimidated like Saul or like uh inspired inspired that's, yeah and so, so I think uh one of the things that we see, or even what I remember is my life was changed and impacted. My wife and myself are, we had the same youth pastor and he never, he'll never speak at big events because he wasn't like a phenomenal speaker, but he loved us and he pastored us and he molded us into the people that we are. And I just don't think like that in youth ministry, I don't think there's enough of a desire to do that, to go unnamed and to get no notoriety or followers but to impact students' lives who will do more than you thought you could, you know? I think Gary's right, though, in that my role in that then is not to just not work with anyone that's like that, but actually is to be a coach. Yeah, Because I remember talking to you in the summer at the end of your internship. I think that's when we met. Mm -hmm. And we had a conversation about this and about the very thing. And, you know, you've had Gary and others in your life because you know we i don't think we need to like bash people for when when they're yeah. insecure or yeah. or even get prideful because you know we're discipleship is about about growing and learning and changing so we have to the one thing we have to do is we have to talk about it yep. yeah and we have to like someone called you out i think that's you discipleship is a relationship and relationships 
can afford you the right to have that conversation. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have that relationship, then you probably don't have the right. And that's what's so, choose my words carefully. So that's what's so bad about social media because you're calling someone out mm-hmm. when you don't have the relationship to afford you the right to do that. 100%. I think I know who said that to you because I think you told me and I think they did have the right to say that 100%. to you because you had a relationship. So although I'm saying that's what I'm looking for, I'm probably looking for more someone who's willing to be coached yeah. in that area. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Yeah, because uh, even the point that I'm at now and still growing and still like because that's... Uh, it's not no one's too far gone you know like having that desire to like oh i'd love to go to to church like it's such a weird tension and i think audacious you guys do this well your pastor pastor glenn you say one of the things he hates is a poverty mindset is this like to be a good christian to be a good christian means that you have to just like oh woe is me and i can you know i i i'm the worst and i don't need and it's like it's okay to have passion and it's okay to have dreams and it's okay to have desires, but ultimately laying it all at the feet of Jesus saying, you know, not my will, but your will. And, but that kind of idea of like, it's such a tension and we're as human beings and as Christians, we're not good at tensions. We like one side or the other, like the pendulum to swing, but really like we, we have l- to, we have a responsibility to master it though. Yeah. Cause Jesus said in this life, you will have trouble yeah. mm-hmm. and trouble is conflict and conflict is inevitable. Uh, but, be, but it's not all bad conflict yeah. be, because it's, you know, a pearl or a diamond or oil from an olive. They're all examples of how intense pressure or, or heat or, or conflict yeah. can actually produce something beautiful. And I don't know if you could learn the lessons without that. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like two things that you guys said that I thought were super huge. And there was something that I forgot who said it to me, but it was really, how do you want your legacy to be remembered as? And you, Paul, you were kind of talking about this a little bit, but it was because we can chase platforms. We can chase those stages. But at the end of the day, it's like, who are you raising up? That's your legacy. That's what you leave behind. It's not how many platforms you can chase, not how many times you can speak at a, a convention or someone else's summer camp or something like that, but it's those people in your youth group that you're raising up so they can go and impact somewhere else. I think that's super huge for youth pastors to understand and to be able to grasp because I think, again, we chase stages, but we God's calling us to chase the hearts of those yeah. that are in our ministry. Well, and on an even deeper level than that, like, our own personal relationship with God, you know, yeah. uh, the speaker of culture summit, Pete Gregg said something that like was super significant to me. How many of us, we spend our time talking about God and no time talking to God. Mm. And, uh, I don't know. I just think we can get into that dangerous area. One yeah. thing I wanted to ask Paul and Gary, cause it's, it's similar. Audacious is built. It's a church built off of most of the people leading or campus pastors have been youth pastors, almost all of them. Um, and Cornerstone uh, is a church full of youth pastors as well. You think that that would be like the dream scenario to do youth ministry in, but I think in some ways it's probably a really difficult place to do youth ministry with a team full of youth pastors. Oh, okay, so for Joel, our youth pastor, it will be difficult because yeah, all yeah, yeah. his leaders exactly. for were that, youth pastors. That's what I'm saying. For the leader coming in to be a part of that team, just like what's a perspective on that? Like, uh, you know, because you think, oh, man, it's the dream team, all these youth workers. But that means that youth ministry is going to be under a microscope in a way that, like, 
other ministries might not be. Two of know? the biggest challenges Joel has in our church is one that we've all been youth pastors and two that we have teenage kids. Yeah. And uh, you should maybe do a second episode with Joel and ask him how <laughs> he true. deals with that. Um, I don't know. You got any thoughts on that, Gary? Uh, no, so speaking of uh, that spot that you're talking about, not just your perspective of having done youth ministry, but having kids in youth ministry, you said something to our youth pastor back home that I know has been huge for him and to a lot of the listeners. They might have their lead pastor's kids in their youth ministry. Um, what's your advice on that? Well, I think... So for us in the UK, and I don't know how different it is it is in the US, but like pastors' kids um, getting or being perceived to get preferential treatment is like, you know, frowned upon. And I think I understand why that is. But I think a healthy understanding of the responsibility of a youth pastor towards pastors' kids is actually really really important because if the enemy the enemy knows about our church and he knows about your church and if you're listening to this podcast and you're doing anything significant for god he knows about your church yeah and he doesn't he's not happy about it and so he wants to take it out and the way he will do it he will do it through the leaders and the way he will do it through the leaders he will do it through their money their health their marriage or their kids yeah and so that's why you hear often the challenging story of a of a pastor whose kids may be struggling because that the enemy knows that that's what he can do. And, you know, people have to make their own decisions, live their own lives. You know, i got three kids, and they're all at different stages in, in terms of their relationship with God, and they're all responsible for that ultimately themselves. But I can't tell you how it feels. I can't put into words how it feels, the confidence that I get Because I know that Joel loves my kids yeah. and he has and does and probably will go the extra mile for them. And I don't know if that's fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I just know that as a pastor and a parent, it's one of the first things I thank God for. So I think as a youth pastor, sorry, <coughs> I think... Praying for your lead lead pastor, as you call them, praying for your your pastor's family, and and taking it as your responsibility, not exclusively, of course, yeah, yeah. but understanding the weight and making sure that you do what it takes to help disciple um, a pastor's kid yeah. or pastor's kids. And in our church, we've got loads of pastor's kids because we've got yeah. loads of pastors. We've got people who pastor the car park. It's like everyone's <laughs> everyone's a pastor in our church. You're you're the pastor of the cleaning cupboard. Nice. So in in many ways, Joel's got loads of pastors' kids that he feels that in a healthy way weight of. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I think it goes back to the idea of, of tension because you'll meet youth pastors who are almost like resentful of pastors' kids or church kids, and they're like, um, I mean, I I was a pastor's kid who was a youth pastor, and I think I had like a chip on my shoulder about like our youth ministry is so unchurched. And I was like, that's, it's awesome. You know, and that's great. Like we need to see the unchurched kids come in and have their life transformed. But like, we got to be careful to not be resentful 
for a kid who did not choose for their parents to yeah. become pastors and um, in a lot of ways are facing they're seeing every side of the church that not everybody sees. A hundred percent. And so, again, I think it's embracing that tension. Like it, it, it doesn't have to be either or like, oh, I, I don't treat them with preferential treatment because I don't you know, I'm so hard lined on that. Like it is OK. Like they, they do live a different life. Um, and so having that focus, I think, is special. I mean, it's even one of the things I like to do as I go for Youth Alive to different churches is there's a few, um, especially youth pastors, kids, because it's even weirder for them. Like their pastor, the main person that they're really, you know, you have your lead pastor, but then your youth pastor as a student is it's your pastor. It's their mom or dad. And so I've, I really have tried to, you know, be a resource to these people. And um, I don't know, I just have a heart for it because I've experienced it and I know how tough it is and you're exactly right it's one of the main ways the enemy will try and take us out through our kids yeah i mean you gave joy that advice and for all of my kids you know especially for ash that was such a huge thing because he's really the first one that i'm not his youth pastor and so trusting that in it, it takes a lot but also i mean you know how important that is and um i think every youth pastor needs to understand like that is a big deal like you want your youth pastor on your side love his kids senior Senior pastor yeah yeah i was gonna say before i read a book um that i can't remember who it's written by the it's it's called maximizers i think um it's by liz wiseman and joel's just gonna look it up for me i can't remember it's called liz wiseman but it's about how to um it's about empowerment it's about delegation it's about helping other leaders and how you how you grow as a leader through giving responsibility and authority and the platform as Gary was saying before away and I think if you are a youth pastor uh, and you you're you have teenage kids then this is again going to be super important because you have to give away the the responsibility of being the youth pastor of your own child yeah and that means trusting so just like a senior pastor has to trust their youth pastor with some of the spiritual formation of their children. If you are a youth pastor and you have a teenage child in the youth group, then in the youth ministry, you're going to have to then raise up leaders that can do that. And one of the things that um, I think that, I don't know if that book taught me, but definitely gave me language to, is is literally about that. The second thing on my list for what I'm looking for in a youth pastor is someone who has initiative. Mm -hmm. And... um, you have to create a culture in in ministry and in your teams in order for initiative to to flourish because if you're a control freak then it's not going to <laughs> yeah. essentially Bec- or or if you're insecure it's not going to because people get burned if they take the initiative and then they get in trouble yeah then and so that's really significant but one of the things that Joel has said to me is that he appreciates my we wouldn't use this language in normal conversation, but it's essentially maximizing in in our team. So if the team come to me with a problem, I go, what do you think? Yeah. Or what is God saying? Or both. And I think, you know, being the main guy that solves the problems and, you know, this is true pastorally, it's true in strategy, it's true in vision. I just can't think of a way to grow beyond my own personal capacity that does not involve 
the maximizing and permission giving to the people around me. It's great. Yeah. So the youth pastor having teenage kids made me think about that because that's like a maybe a rare situation, but an extreme situation where you're going to have to trust, rely, empower, release. And that made me think, well, that's probably what we should all be doing. Yeah. So the second thing on the list is that initiative. Um, just to be the guy that comes not with problems, but comes with solutions. And, you know, it, I, I don't know what it's like in the US. In the UK, we don't have a problem with people being too big for their boots, right? <laughs> that's, wow. not a, that's not a problem that, for us. That was pretty bad, but yeah. Yeah. Is that, what, I, is that what my, my British accent sounds like? <laughs> Is that the uh, the American equivalent? Yeah, a hundred percent. Is that Joel a phrase though? Yes. Like too big for your boots? It yeah. is in too Norco. big for your yeah. bridges. Yeah. So that's that's not the problem in the UK, and it's not the problem in our church. Okay. The problem for us is people are too small for their boots. Yeah. Mm. And they like they're all scared to make decisions. Or interesting. That's you need to find like extreme. a healthy balance. You need yeah. that, some American mindset. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Guts. There you go. <laughs> I think my, it, I feel like my eyes have been opened. That's great stuff, but hearing his American accent, if that's <laughs> Elliot what my can't British hear anything accent else sounds but like, that I'm right like, now. Wow. I thought I was killing it. I told you I'd drop it in just to break, I love it. break the intensity of it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's, that's great because at the same time, it's funny because me and Matt were talking about this at, at breakfast this morning. It's this concept. Also, your guys' breakfast, bro, what is up with that? They got beans and oh, blood yeah. sausage, which is just what, like a but scab. There's like black pudding. What's up with that? It's beautiful. What's wrong no, with that? Not really, bro. For breakfast, bro. Congealed yeah. pig's blood. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> a full English breakfast. Nothing no, like not a good. scab for breakfast. <laughs> but going back to that before we wrap this up right now, um, I think it is that we have almost a sense of culture where in general, just in youth ministry, just in young people growing, um, of not wanting to take that initiative of to put the work in, to put the, I think, uh, what was it, Pete, or someone said it this week, actually, that sweat equity into the ministry. And sometimes, oh, that was you, Paul? <laughs> um, that uh, sometimes we, we get caught up with the sweat equity, but at the same time, we need to put that in. We need to take the initiative to be able to say, you know what, no, like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're moving forward. And I think the more times we can be able to do that, the healthier it is. You look like you were going to say something. That's Gary, why I paused. I, I you got put the mic up. The, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gary pulled the mic up to his face. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll wrap it up right now because, I mean, I'm, honestly, there's a lot in this episode right now that I think a lot of us need to go back and Wait, before we wrap it up, because the timing of this release will probably be oh, 100%. around or right before youth convention which oh is yeah we're gonna see paul again yes and yeah not just me though so this not is just paul talk about worlds colliding mm. yeah culture summit what's happening convention is my boss my senior pastor glenn barrett is Come speaking on. at youth convention yeah. and he is one of the best communicators i know and one of the best leaders i know and um and he's super he's anointed and we haven't got time to go into the yeah. the science or the art of that, but 
it, it means that when he speaks, like God just does amazing things. So I'm super excited about yeah. being there with you. Yeah, this kid, this, as far as I'm concerned, this is one of our best lineups we've ever had at Youth Convention. And yeah. uh, we're excited for it. So if you haven't registered yet, register right away. Get Seriously. your rooms because Get you only done. have probably about another week before the room prices go up. So make sure you book your rooms, register for convention. Do not miss this. Um, Elliot always says it. Whether you bring <laughs> your entire youth group or you bring four, do not miss this opportunity yeah. for your students to have a life-changing yeah. weekend. Yeah. And for everyone who went to summer camp, uh, Pastor Glenn is Jaden's dad. Yes, exactly. So, so especially those that are around the Victorville area. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like we said all the time, it, like we say this is the best lineup, but truly this is the best lineup. We keep lineup. getting good lineups. What we do you do. want? Like, oh, oh. And we're not even mentioning that Reggie Dabbs is going to be there too. Dude, I know, yeah. 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 <laughs> Forgot that Reggie's one. Reggie's back. That's like, yeah. <laughs> but I hey. first came to convention in 2002. Yeah. And Reggie was the speaker. That's when I met all of you guys. Well, some of you guys, and when I met Reggie. So to be there with him is like 20 20 years later. Reggie did uh, conventions with my parents. Traveled in college for, and they did like worship at uh, conventions and camps. And they used to do conventions with Reggie. And now I'm getting to like do convention with Reggie. It's crazy. So cool. That's that. Talk about a legacy. You got to be there. Yeah, it's, it's going to be insane. It's going to be great. And if you guys do need help with anything, when in it comes SoCal to, Worship Collective, when you, if you guys need help with anything to too, that was in regard of youth convention, reach out to us. We'd love to help you guys out with that. Um, but other than that, thank you so much, Paul, for being on this podcast. It was great. What a joy. Now let's go back to the land of the free and the home <laughs> of the brave, baby. <laughs> Um, but yeah, guys, if you have anything, uh, any questions on anything said today or youth convention, reach out to us on SoCal Youth Pastors on Instagram. But other than that, USA, USA, USA. See ya. <laughs>